I absolutely love Bittersweet Symphony. Well, I love it now, too. Yeah? It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. Just different vibe. Lighthearted. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, Welcome back to another episode of Coaching Caffeine and Comedy. I'm your host, Haley Kopza. And I'm Lena. First and foremost, huge thank you to our three sponsors. If you can't name them by now, you should probably be listening to a few more episodes. Uh, Yeah, and get through the entire episode. Exactly. So, on on Norris Street in McCook. El Puerto. Mm. Where you can have... Margaritas. Nachos. Pina coladas. Burritos. Enchiladas. Chips and salsa. A lot of things. Yes. Yes. Um, So good. And then over on B Street, we have... Jolton Joe's. Where you can get all the goodies there. Yes. Snacks. If you need a pretzel. Yes. <gasps> Filled with cream cheese. Muffin. Um, a refresher. Uh, iced Americano with sugar-free mocha and a shot of cream. A Copza. Oh, Lord. Yes. You, had to, you know what? I don't even know how many episodes we've went without bringing that I up. I know, but I just I feel like we, some people forgot about it and haven't yes. tried it, and they need to go get one. Oh, need to go get one. Cobza. Stop. Yes. And then, of course, Wild Ass Soap Company. Makes you smell good and feel good. Yes. So awesome. Um, but today we are going to make a phone call. We are. Another person that I met at FCA camp. Again, uh, Lena and I, we just really like learning about people and their stories and getting yes. branching out. Like, yes. we have some amazing people here in McCook, but we also have some really cool people outside of McCook that we sometimes get the pleasure of meeting. Yeah. Um, but we're going to give old Paula Walker a phone call here and yeah, let's see what she's up to. Let's see what Paula's doing today. Okay. She called me. She was like ready to go. That is so fun. It is fun. It's really awkward if they forget. <laughs> that would be <laughs> when, you, when you call them and you're like, hello. Hello. Paula. Haley, what's up, girl? Oh, my goodness. I've missed your face. This is so I exciting. You, okay. you don't know me, but you can miss me, too, because I feel like. Yes, I do miss you. Oh, it is exciting. Paula, so yes. have you listened to any of my episodes on Coaching Caffeine and Comedy? I have not um, listened oh to any of them. Oh, gosh. Yet. I know. Go. Such a bad friend. It's okay. Oh, she cut friend. friend. <laughs> See this? I, we, I, were, we had a connection. I feel like it extends to me because yeah. I'm in the room. Why yeah. not? So yep. also the other voice that you hear, this is Lena, and Lena is my co-host. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, she's great. She is um, the beauty of the the podcast. Well, that depends on the day. I love that. Yeah. yeah. She has a few years on us. I got to okay. throw that you out there. What? I just kind of... How old, Set the how, tone. how old is your mom? How old is my mom? Yes. Um, what if I told you she, I don't know how old is she. Okay. If she was well, here I, on earth. Okay. Well, I was wondering if I <laughs> would be the same. away. Well, this is, I, yeah, Thanks, this is starting. I'm sorry. I, I don't tell Lena anything. She doesn't tell me anything. I apologize. Yeah. No, 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 no. Which is totally fine. My mm-hmm. mother passed away when I was uh, three. Oh my gosh! Thanks. Yeah, Cobes. three years old. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. So I have adopted mom too. My adopted mom passed away my sophomore year in college. Oh my gosh! Hold on. So, I, feel like yeah. I feel like we're starting really. Yeah, we're just gonna have to go there. My goodness, this is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's. We'll, we're gonna go back. Yes. We'll go back, but in the meantime, let's mm-hmm. start off on a freshen. A fresh note. Fresh like a note. Mirror. Yeah. yeah. 
lighter, more chippery, 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 yeah. chippery. So, yeah. So Paula, what we do here, we like to put people on the spot and make it really awkward. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, make like, it awkward. I, make I feel it awkward. like I already did that. So I don't, <laughs> don't really need a warm up. No. So what we're going to do, <laughs> Lena's going to give, put 30 seconds on the clock Yep. and then she's yeah. going to give you a letter. And then within okay. that 30 seconds, you got to come up with as many words as possible that aren't a person or a place. Okay. Is not a person or place? Yes. Correct. So like you can't use, like you can't say Haley if it's an H and you got to come up with many words as possible with that letter. You say, hold on, hold on. You say okay. not a place. Not a place or a person. person. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. I'm, I'm going to try my best. All you, right. You can much. do this. You need to get at least 15 <laughs> in 30 seconds, okay? The letter is T. Go. Television. One. Truth. Ooh. Tassel. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. Taffy. Mm-hmm. Terrific. Tutu. That's six. You're doing great. Okay. Oh, that's your time. <laughs> wow. um, Paula, you didn't do bad. I, you did. I, I tried. I, I liked, tried. I liked how, like, like it was almost kind. calming. Yes. It, it was, was like, like a, there was a nice collected palm like pause in between yes. yes and this is clearly why you are so good at being a kindergarten teacher <gasps> you're a kindergarten <laughs> teacher she was yes she was. for over yes. eight years oh yes. my I love gosh the little one. you're yeah. an angel yeah. anyone in education i don't know if i'm an angel well. i think god has better angels than, than this one. Oh, <laughs> okay paula let's get into the nitty-gritty i want I want to know everything about you. I feel like within the first 10 minutes that you started speaking to me, I instantly knew that you were an awesome person that I was meant to run into. Um, so tell me or tell us like where you're from mm -hmm. and okay. about your family mm -hmm. and then just kind of, kind of lead us up to college. Can you do that? Okay. 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 I think I Let's can do, do that. Yep. You're going to have to direct me though. I mean, I will. I, I will. I know Southwest. you can get talking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. All right. So, um, I am from a little country town called Four Corners. You have to say it like that. You can say Four Corners. It's Four Corners, <laughs> where the language sounds like. And I'm still kind of doing research of like, was it directly like, was it clearly Creole English, or it just was broken down English, as my professors would say when I was in college. But yeah, and it's Four Corners is actually located in franklin louisiana so anyone that knows the south of like louisiana of lafayette sometimes i have to say new orleans like oh yeah so that area and what else you asked me <laughs> so, so uh that's where you grew up and then kind of just talk a little bit about your family how you grew up and let's get to like at yeah. least college and like in what led you to yeah. college yeah 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 so i um I was born with the mom and dad, you know, like, you know, mm -hmm. mom and dad made me so beautifully and wonderfully made in God's image. But I um, live with my mom and dad for three years of my life. And then we were on our way to um, family in Fulconas. And by the way, I was born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, but only lived there three years of my life. 
And my family decided to go see our family in Fulconus, where I was raised, and a drunk driver hit us, and my mom was killed. And my dad decided to um, leave us, and he ended up marrying his mistress and starting a family with her, which caused us to be adopted with our mom's aunt and her husband in Fulconus, Louisiana. And they had children. They had a girl and three boys and they adopted my younger sister and I and my brother, he was adopted by a great grandfather, which didn't live that far from where we were living. But yeah, I live in a little country town where, I mean, it was rich in culture as in Creole, African-American, Native American culture. It was very diverse, loved outside. Outside was, was where everything went down. That's where I fell in love with, um, sports because back at home playing sticks and the rock making it play you know with the game baseball was so much fun and then one of the things that I did enjoy doing was running bare feet on the gravel road into the dirt against mm. all the boys in the neighborhood which um, obviously got into my love for track and field and so doing middle school and high school I was continually told that I had a gift in running, that that was something that I needed to do. So I ended up running track and full in middle school and high school. And then eventually I ended up um, receiving a scholarship at Southern University in Baton Rouge, going back to the place, the city where I was born, who knew that was the place I was going to go back to, but went there and started collegiate track there, did all four years. And what a lot of people don't know, my first year was actually red shirt. It was oh, red really? shirt because, mm. yes, it was red shirt. It was considered red shirt. I, don't, I guess that's, that was the name for it. But it's because I, um, I, didn't have the, I didn't have all the, the ACT scores at the time. I was in remedia mathematics, remedia <laughs> English. Uh-huh. English, understandable. <laughs> all the walking needed to learn standard English, especially if I was going into teaching. But, yeah, that's how it all started. And, I mean, who knew that? that one year would be a year that I knew that this is something that I wanted to do because in order to be a red shirt, to be a red shirt on any sport is hard work, mm-hmm. especially you're not guaranteed sometimes, sometimes in, in, in some process, you're not guaranteed to have a scholarship, but I'll never forget what my coach, he said, if you can beat an upperclassman, not just you'll receive a full paid scholarship too, that you'll always be the anchor leg on my four by four. And when I tell you, this little country girl from Fulconas, Louisiana, I, and I mean, and I did it in such a loving way and, you know, that good sportsmanship and yeah, that's, that's that life. Yeah. Red shirt is hard. You said that because like, sometimes I don't think people understand like a red shirt has to work just as hard as somebody that's playing or or running. I don't know how you use the terms in track, Yeah, Uh, but they're without getting the glory because they're not. They're not actually competing. Mm, right. Okay. They're just, yeah. they're just working their tail off just as hard, but mm-hmm. not getting the, the outcomes that they're getting, if that makes sense. So, yeah. And the reason why I don't know if it's red shirt, because we, my coach and the coaches would get, um, I mean, they would, I mean, there was times where the, there was a certain person that was over the in how you say the NCAAs like all these rules knew the rules and was like she should not be practicing with y'all so I'm not sure if it was a red shirt or it was just like I don't know I really mm-hmm. know still to the day I don't know all I know it was like some 
bad blood, like um, Taylor Swift said, <laughs> with some bad blood. Uh-huh. <laughs> but so, my coach, who was so lovingly, bless his soul, he's with the Lord now. Um, he just really saw something in me and loved me so well. And he made sure that when I started on my, my year of scholarship, that I would not be one that was left behind, that I was up to part with I'm telling you, you name it. It was, it was a really, it was really good. Awesome. So why, why did you end up going into education? I'm sorry. Why did you end up going into education at college in college? Oh, that's, I'm glad you, that's a good question because I did not start it in education. Oh. I started in nursing. I started so in did nursing. I. Join the club. Yes. <laughs> yes. And but then, the, the thing that detoured me was the fact that once my mom, so I had to care for my mom a lot in, the type of things I had to do were something that a at home nurse would do. And I think because I was the one that found her dead and like touching a um, hard body that, that traumatized me. So I knew that the year that the year sophomore year, I believe is the year you have to apply for nursing school. And so I remember going into nursing school, asking them all these questions, what I have to do, what grades I have to have. And at the time, my grades were bad because I was just stressed and just, I mean, going back and forth to go care for my mom. But at the same time, I wanted to look like, OK, if I did get my grades right, what that would look like. And so the the comment she told me, well, the statement that she shared with me really changed everything. She said, well, Paula, right now, from your grades, it doesn't look like you would be one of the top ones that that would be um, in. Like you'll be able to enter. You'll probably have to take these classes over. But I hope you know that because you were in track, you're going to have to choose track or nursing school because you can't do mm-hmm. both. And so mm-hmm. I'm looking at her. Well, track is paying for my school. So mm-hmm. why would I do that? I mean, that was going in my head. I mean, obviously, at 25, they say the brain fully developed. Obviously, mine wasn't fully. So I'm looking like, so logically, mm, if I quit track, that means I'm going to get my school paid. So I ended up continuing doing track and I went to my room that day and I threw everything on my bed and my sweet roommate at the time was trying to figure out what was going on. I was like, I'm not going to graduate until 2013 or whatever it was at the time. And she said, what's wrong? I was like, I'm going to have to find something else. And I remember she shared with me and her words were, Polly, you're good with kids. And I was like, no, I'm not. She's like, yes, you are. And she's like, you know, there's a child development program here. I said, Southern don't have nothing. They don't have nothing. So I'm just like, she has like totally opposite, totally opposite personality. Uh-huh. She's so calm. And I'm just like out of the box. And and all she does is open the, the um, catalog, the school catalog with all the majors, place it on my bed. And that's when it started. I was like, hold up. You're right. Okay, let me look into this. And so I went into child development. And, and that was in Southern's program, the Agriculture and Family Consumer Sciences, um, like part of the school. And, yeah, when I went into that, I knew that that's where I needed to be and, and just went along further alone and graduated. And, I, and honestly, I was only one semester behind because keep in mind to change your major, especially I changed my major like it was towards the end of junior year eventually that I changed it. That's late. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that's not a good idea. But for me, I knew that I wanted to finish track. That was my heart at the time and that I needed to do something that was going to least that I can graduate in. And so, yeah. Wow. And so where was your first, um, teaching job? My first teaching job. Oh my goodness. 
gotta disclose this. Now I'm just mm-hmm. playing. Uh, my <laughs> first teaching job was at a school that was called the. It wasn't a. I think I don't know if you would call it a second chance school, but it was in North Side of Baton Rouge, one of the toughest areas in Baton Rouge, especially with crime. I was recruited to the school that take took in kids that was actually kicked out the second chance school. Like these kids were, I mean, honestly, I'll just, I'll just put it that way is that one of my students and I was actually, they, they um, hired me as the health and PE teacher. And one of my students actually, he was in 10th grade and what he did for a living to live was to steer cars. That's what he did. Mm. And so this is a rough, rough, rough start. And honestly, I didn't stay in it for very long because I was too kind. I was too nice. I had kids to talk through their problems. And that was just a certain culture that they were looking for and needed. But I didn't know what to I didn't know I'm fresh out of college. Didn't even know what that would look like. And it just didn't work out. And I was fired. That was my actually first job that I got fired on. Yeah. And she did it. In, and I was fired in such a loving way. And they saw something that was in me, but it wasn't particularly there. And then eventually my next job was at a public school in another um, rough area in Baton Rouge and Gardier area where I was a teacher for a little boy who was deaf and artistic. So I had to learn sign language within two weeks of the job to uh, be his teacher. And it was kind of like more of a uh, an apparel. It's, it's, mm-hmm. I think that's the word, the para yeah. position. And then eventually moved from apparel to reading interventionist and then um, through the grace of God, I was led into, I began to volunteer at a school called Gardier Community Christian School out in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where I was one of their first founding teachers. And that's where I was for a little over seven, at least seven years. And that's where you taught kindergarten, right? Yes, that's yes. where I taught kindergarten. That Actually, I taught kindergarten in first, the first two or three years, because they only had three teachers at the time when they first started the school. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, it's big now. I think it's up to like almost 200 kids now. Oh, but wow. yeah, when we started, when we started, it was only 10 kids. Oh my gosh. So like the were classes combined? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, oh, it wow. was. Yes. It was so beautiful. Probably the most life giving thing I've ever had because keep in mind the school, this, this is a nonprofit school and this, lady i mean it was such a beautiful heart and became even a mentor in my family um and she i mean the lord put it on her heart to you know to develop this school and it was for kids and families who really want their kids to have the same education as anybody like in a really good education because the education system in louisiana specifically in Baton rouge is horrible so mm-hmm. they want their kids to do better in life but the mm-hmm. only I mean, usually if you want your kid to have a better education, you have to pay to like up to like ten to seventeen thousand a year um a year for your child to have that. And these people, I mean I mean, these families, they didn't have that money. And so she started this school and they had little as I mean, they would pay a little as what, fifteen dollars not fifteen, fifty dollars mm-hmm. a month for their child to go to school. And they got it too. And that was one thing too, because I don't know, I'm I'm not sure what's the history behind like nonprofit schools but this wasn't a school just because these kids was from a low poverty area that they got a low poverty type of education no these kids got top-notch teachers in education and 
the word of God. And that is what I love that I was a part of that. So that's outstanding. Wow. Was, was the school, was it set up to be like a Monday through Friday, eight to three with extracurriculars or how, what was the normal? Yes. Yes. So, so the school was set up through Monday and Friday. Fridays would be kind of more of they get out. We would get out like at one o'clock, I believe. Okay. I believe it's like one o'clock. They did have extracurriculum um, activities. There was teachers such as myself had little extra giftings and we would like do art classes. I, um, I did a boot camp class and it was all, all boys, all boys boot camp class. It was a boot camp and Mm -hmm. we would start off with what's on our heart was going in the world. And I would let them flush out what the things that's going around them, but keep them um, centered in Christ and what God called us to do. And then we'll do a workout. And I mean, probably one of the most life changing thing and they were committed to, and um, we had other organizations that partner with us from other churches that would come in and kids, even from other private schools. Man, let me tell you, reconciliation, especially ra- racial reconciliation in, in such a beautiful way, because you had schools um, that was predominantly white because this school, Gardeer Community Christian School, at the beginning of it, it was predominantly african-american and a little spanish but now is like 65 percent spanish um now and the the rest african-american actually now it's like african-american and now caucasian-american it is definitely um is very diverse but the teach the founder of the school worked at a predominantly white private school and she left that school because god she felt god called her from that and was able to to, to, to use those resources. And, and I love that the school supported her and was finding ways to, to like, Hey, look, you want to serve? Come on, let's, let's come together. And that was one of the things I love. So yeah. Thank God for the community. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. So then after there, then where? After what? After you were at that school. Cause didn't you go to one more school before or no? No, those are, no, Th- that, that was, was it. it. That okay. was it. I end up, I end up um, becoming a youth director at okay. a big Presbyterian yes. church. Yes. Okay. And yeah. Roots. Yeah. All right. And so, exp- how did you get into that role? To so, can I blow your mind just a little bit? Yeah. Let's yes. hear it. Okay. So my first year as a kindergarten, kindergarten first grade. Let me put add on that kindergarten first oh. grade teacher for the school Gardier Community Christian School. It was in the basement of the Presbyterian Church called First Presbyterian Church of Baton Rouge. And so my first year as um, the teacher, we were in that basement. And so we would have, it would be a pack and go classroom. So every Friday we would pack up the classroom. So we'd get volunteers oh from the church. Goodness. And I was not a member at the time. And they would help us. And it was just it was in a stage of my life where I was looking for love in the wrong places. And I, when I became a teacher and when someone was like, Oh, by the way, you're a Christian teacher. I felt weight. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I got to change my life. I got to do something different with myself. I got to make sure that I'm the same person that I am in person. I'm the same person that I am in this classroom with these kids. Cause I don't like fake. Like I either be fake or all like are real. Like you got to choose. There's no gray area here. Mm-hmm. And so in the midst of trying to figure out who I was and trying to figure out this love, like, what are you talking about this love? God sent the most amazing, (laughs) 
um, room mom that um, from the church, a member from the church that just loved me well. And I'll never forget, she gave me a gift. She left a gift on my desk. And I asked her why she gave it to me. And she's like, Paula, it's just a happy. I was like, no, why did you give it to me? And I broke down because I told her, I was like, you know, the only time I've given it, like, was given a gift is either Christmas, because you're supposed to, right? Mm-hmm. Birthday, you're supposed to. But it was never just because. I say, usually, I've, I was like, you have to earn something. You have to do something in order to get it. It has to be a reason. And she's like, no, and it's right there. I impacted God's love. It's like, you don't have to do anything to earn my love. And so that was that. And yeah, and I ended up like becoming a member of that church because I was like, I want to be here. If these people love like that, if they are their servant, like I want to be, I want to be a part of that family. And so became a part of that church and eventually start volunteering in their youth program. And what? Eight years later, I became a youth director in that basement because that's where the youth would meet. (laughs) That's crazy. Is is the woman who gave you the gift, is she still in the church? Like, are you still in contact? Yeah, she is. And that's what she's still a room mom at that same school. Oh, that's that's awesome. That's so incredible. Yes, yes. I love her. Yes, I love her. And we still stay in contact. Let me tell you, she's the reason why I have my dog, too. She's the reason I brought my Yes, I, I lost my yes, I lost my first dog, Chloe, and she's been with me for so long and she saw how much I love my dog and I saw this dog from like it was a dog on this website from Ohio and I'm like, I'm not paying that much for, you know, the fight or whatever and she was like, No, we gonna So yeah, she ended up taking care of it and that's how I got my little sweet Thor. Yes. Oh, and it's of- Thor Adam, okay? Oh, it's Thor oh, Adam. Gosh. <laughs> and by the way, it's is Adam because he's the first man that ever lived in my house. Oh, yes. Love it. <laughs> what kind of dog is Thor Adam? Thor is a cockapoo. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he's cute. Sounds adorable. Yeah. He's cute. Uh, so yeah. the first time when we, we had met, and I was like, well, I'm going to go run. She's like, ooh, I don't run without my hammer. <laughs> And I was like, for a second though, I was like, like an actual hammer. But then, That's what were you talking thought. about Thor? No. So I do. So you I really do. run with so, a hammer? So no, no, no. Okay. I, I, it is a joke. But I, it was a joke. It was a joke. Oh, but really I was, was like, a joke. Uh, but I do have a hammer that is with me in my car all the time, and that's and that's just my. Uh, my self-defense uh-huh. um, tool. Yeah. It's one of, it's one of the many self-defense tools. The other one is my faith. The other one is my hands. If God just like, all right, God, I know you say turn the other cheek, but I'm about to throw a fist. Oh, uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. or a hammer. <laughs> is there like, do you have to have a concealed carry permit for that thing? How does that work? I don't know. What um, the for are. a hammer? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I mean, you saw the the the, the movie Thor. I throw it. I hmm, you know, like an axe, yeah, yeah, like okay. an axe. Yeah, it's just That's out great. there. That's amazing. I mean, I feel like I'll grab that quicker and get him. My yeah. grandpa was like, "Get him in a knee. Get him in a knee. They can't run after you." Oh my! <laughs> get him in a knee. <laughs> so you also did some coaching too, intermingled with this, right? Yes, I did. I did some coaching as well. I did track and field coaching. Okay, tell us about it. So my track. Um, and field coaching career started my super early 20s, but at the right when I was working in my master's program. And so I started as just volunteering at first. It was just volunteering with a coach that I knew. Um, 
once again in another, I mean, in a um, in a series in a inter inner city um, area of Baton Rouge, and loved it. I was specifically the sprinters coach, and had the opportunity to coach so many incredible athletes. And even I had the opportunity with that same coach to be a part of his um, team to their clubs team team. And honestly, I had the opportunity to to coach some great athletes. And I mean, I I mean specifically, there's one that's actually playing now in the NFL and um, led into eventually being recruited to coach at a two private schools in Baton Rouge. So one was at a school um, called the Dunham School. And then I did that for a few years and then Corona hit. And then eventually my church member, listen at this, my church member in the church was looking for a sprinter's coach and there it was. And I was there, I was available because <laughs> awesome. I no longer was working for the Dunham school, which I love and I miss, mm-hmm. but I was available to coach for um, St. Joseph Academy, all girls Catholic school, which I love. And of course I'm no longer mm-hmm. coaching cause I'm, I called me here in Colorado, what, seven mm-hmm. months ago. Wow. Um, going back, sorry. Yeah. What track events did you do in college? The events I did, so I always say I was recruited. I was recruited, like, in, in particularly, I um, did the 400 and 800, but there were certain meets that I had to do the 5,000 meters. And it's usually, I remember doing the 5,000 meters one to two times, maybe a couple of, a couple of times throughout my season, first season, and it was because to either get some points. And sometimes I believe it was, like, more of a punishment, too. Look, he's dead. He's dead. I don't have, I don't know. If I can ask him. I mean, I don't know. Maybe when I get to heaven, I'll ask him why he did that to me. But <laughs> it's punishment yes. just hearing it. What is that? Like, how, like, what, yeah. What's, what's, can you say 5,000 meters in like layman's terms? Yeah. What? So what is a 5K? 3.1. So what is five? What is a what is considered a five k? What is what is another words for five k? Death. <laughs> five thousand, right? Right. Oh, oh my god! Oh my Jesus! We are firing on all cylinders. We need to drink <laughs> more water oh, immediately. Yes. Yowzers. Immediately. Kobza. Come on, let's go. Get it um, together. Yikes! I didn't know either. Okay, yikes. got it. Now we're there. Uh uh-uh. uh. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Would you run that around a, the light? The track? Oh my gosh! Or I hope they gave you. Like, oh yes. What? Yes, yes. yes. No. 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 If they had to hold up signs to say how many no, laps you had no, left, I would. No. Would have red yes. flagged that one. No kidding. Nope. I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Did, probably a good thing. Yeah, I don't think I could have made that. That many yeah, laps. Yeah, and usually, if I'm not mistaken, the five thousand was only doing a conference. It was only doing conference time. Where conference is where. You try to put as many athletes as many events so you can collect points. And I think he just had trust in me that, man, you know, and he knew my background because they always like these country girls. Um, they can they can do it. But I was one of the ones that was willing to do it to, to get a point. Oh, so I hope it was yeah. worth more than one point. Oh, my gosh. Yes. But it was doing conference outdoors. I don't remember being in indoors. If. I feel like, oh. I don't know, I don't remember the indoors, but I know outdoors was definitely a 5,000 meters because I used to, oh. like, 
go continue in the, the little, what is it, in a little party pilot. I always say it wrong. And to go in there and have some time because I was like so scared. Like, no. Because oh I knew I was going to embarrass myself. Uh, <laughs> I, I doubt you did that, but oh my goodness. Nah, if anybody asked you from my track career, I was probably, I wasn't the fastest. I was just the strongest. Okay. Ooh, I like that. Uh-huh. So, yeah. That's very good. I don't know why people say that, but I, I think it was just because. I would have at least six events and would compete very well in them. Now, did I want it to get first place in all of them? Absolutely. But I just, I competed. I just competed well in six. What was it that you liked about being a track athlete? What I love about being a track athlete is that the fact that it was the only outlet in my life of all the chaos and drama that was going on even when I was young and that, that was like a, a, a release. It was a good outlet. And it's just, it's almost in a sense. And I hope I can say this is what I've been learning about with like working with teens is that how they cut is to relieve pressure for me. That was to run track. Got it. Mm-hmm. Very good. Wow. So you just said that you have now recently moved to Colorado how, yes. how did you get led there? It was blind fate. I mean, it is what it is. I cannot. It is no one here, like no one here, no job, no nothing. It was in August. It was even before August where I just felt the tug of my heart. And I knew that the place that I call home, the place that I first fell in love and encounter God's love is the place that no longer feels like home. It feels like a place that I no longer belong. And it's not because the people made me feel like that. It was just something about it where it was unfamiliar. And so I just begin to um, pray for people, for God to bring people in my life that I can talk to through this and to counsel me through that, to know like, am I crazy or something's wrong? And I think also just, I don't know if you know the statistics with youth ministry, but the lifespan with a youth minister is usually 15 months. And I've been with that church for like over 10 years, not in that position, but just about four years in that youth director position and then to assistant director to the point where I I became, my soul became just dry. And I was just looking to, I was just looking to be filled and not saying that the church didn't do a great job to care for me properly. It's just the fact that I knew that something like I knew something was wrong. So I ended up taking a um, sabbatical in this past August. um, And I was very grateful that my job, my church gave me that sabbatical because it was a time that I unplugged from everything from my cell phone, from you name it. I went tent camping. I stayed in a pod Um, in South Carolina. I mean, you name it. And so I just came to a place where I was like, okay, God, what's going on? What's in my heart? There's something going on in my heart. And it took, I only had three weeks of the sabbatical and it took two weeks and a day, like probably a couple of days for me to really unwind and to really detox. Because when I first started, I was still distracted. I was still trying to, I was just, my, my head was just all over the place. And then eventually, I'll never forget, while I was here in Colorado, I I began to journal. I began to journal my, my thoughts, but also I was into the point where 
I just felt this this heaviness and it was just almost like I was being attacked in some way and it was just like okay God what is this like I I, I feel like am I'm doing the right thing I'm doing the wrong thing like what am I doing wrong and I slip into a, a, a I mean I went to sleep and I mean I don't know if I mean people sometimes don't believe it but it just like almost like demons is on top of me and I was just trying to wrestle and I'm just like what is going on and I can just remember praying like I will serve you all the days of my life in the midst of that I was like God please give me peace and I remember getting up from that and end up slipping back into a um another sleep and and I'm having this beautiful dream on the like on the mountains and I'm thinking, oh, is this where I'm supposed to be? And just start journaling. And as I was journaling, I just felt the Holy Spirit just moving me and I'm just bawling and crying. And when I tell you, it was literally a heart. Um, I call it a heart surgery because he began to not just repel, but re- repair, but he began to reveal things in me that needed to be to be checked that needed to be have maintenance. I call it like maintenance, like check maintenance. And he revealed things from like, even from my past, from my past childhood and all these things. And I'm thinking, okay, God, like, okay, I'm dealing with abandonment. I'm dealing with this. I'm like, okay, I I thought I went to you. I thought I went to counseling for this. And he's like, Paul, I'm revealing this to you because I'm about to take you somewhere where these, there's going to be things that happen. That's going to trigger these areas, but it doesn't mean the circumstance that you're in is that's what it is but I need for you to to know that these are here because you've been living and yes you've been living you've been doing my work but at the same time you've been overlooking these and you've been allowing these past emotions to really dictate your next footstep your next action the way that you do things but I don't need for you to do that like I need for you to be attentive to these and so I was like okay there it is you showed me but it was just like really sitting in that. I mean, to sit in those those emotions and go back to that, I mean, it was hard. And so after all that, I mean, getting a heart check and a heart heart surgery, I was I got up after crying. I, I call it the ugly cry, the lament, and got into my rental Jeep. I'll never forget. I had this nice Wrangler Jeep. And I was driving, and all of a sudden, this long dirt road when no one owned it and I just felt this heavy presence and I was like oh no oh no this is not better not be you I was like God it's just where I needed to be just just where you want me to be and I was like okay I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna think about it I'm not gonna worry about it but the next day I had to get on my flight right before I got on my flight I called my sweet friend Brittany to let her know I was on my way and she's like so so how was it so how was how was how was your trip and I share with her, I was like, well, it was good. I was like, oh, man, God is really doing something to this heart of mine. And I said, but I think he's calling me to Colorado. Not within a minute of our conversation, she began to scream. Well, what I didn't know, she was in the drive through of, I don't know where it was. And, and not saying like the car was in front of her at the time that she was in the drive through But when she was coming around upon this car, she saw the license plate that says Colorado. Keep in mind, right when I'm telling her, I think God is calling me to Colorado, she drives up to a license plate. And so God made it known to me. And I love that when, when, when seeking God, when seeking wisdom, because he has all the wisdom, is that 
he sent people in your life and he, he and i mean even dreams and and use things to to remind you that he's with you but also that you're going the same same way because everybody's in the same link i was like girl have you been praying for me too like are you on this like hold up the holy spirit been talking to you and everybody and honestly when i went back to let my job know that's what god was calling me to do I mean, I'm, I, yeah, it was kind of one of those things where, Paula, you sure? Like, you don't have no job lineup, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I know. But what they didn't know at the time on the trip, I was, um, I, I visit a, a little sh- shop that I will always go to to do my devotional. And uh, the guy I knew, he asked me what I was doing and I told him what was going on. And he asked me for my number because at the time his church was looking for a youth director and I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, like, yeah, here's my number. And then eventually, once I made it public, made it known with my job and completely without nothing, like nothing to like, like, okay, I know this is Colorado. I don't know where I'm going. Well, just stand firm and just like, okay, this is a guy calling me. And eventually that guy, pastor, ended up calling me and letting me know that they were like, they were interested in me. And keep in mind, they didn't they didn't tell me I was going to have a job right, right away. It was nothing like that. And I still went. I still went to Colorado because I was like, I know I'm supposed to be there. And I think one of the most beautiful things that God did for me is that he gave me a place to lay my head. And the place that I laid my head was in Locksburg, Colorado. Little did I know that the job that did reach out to me was the place that I was going to be at. And it was only 24 minutes away from where I was laying my head. So, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Works in mysterious ways. Yeah. No words. Yeah, yeah. No, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. God, God be up to everything. So yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm living, I call myself a free agent disciple. I like there it. There you go. I yeah. like it. Yeah. So you are, so what is your actual title now? So my actual title now, which is, believe it or not, I applied for the um, middle school pastor position, but I didn't get it because just a lack of experience. And so um, they offered the student resident pro, um, position, excuse me, position to me, where in this position, you're just being trained um, in ministry. Specifically for me, I'm being trained in areas that, I didn't get like I didn't get that much training at my last church in that job. And so I'm just getting the training that I always needed. And mm-hmm. that's it. I'm just a resident. I'm a student resident and it's just a one year commitment. But mm-hmm. I think God, once again, he's moving again. He's still moving. He's always moving that I think FCA may be the next step to my and maybe the next little earthly, earthly step. So just going back just so everyone understands it's like so she yeah. had she had paula had a job which she quit to go do a job that you're it's base. it's not even a job really right paula right now that you're doing it's more of an internship it is i mean i'm getting paid i don't have no benefits um i'm getting paid the regular normal um minimal wage here yeah but like you, you basically, you like picked up and left, like you had a house. Yes. I, like I left everything. Yeah. To come, to come pursue this, which yep. I think that takes a lot of guts. Yeah. A lot of oh, guts. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Do you think you would have been able to get to that conclusion or take that next step without having the full-on quiet of your experience where you went on your sabbatical and just stopped everything else to listen to what God was trying to do in you? So you're asking me if I would have made this leap of faith yeah. if I didn't if I didn't went on sabbatical. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wouldn't have made it mm-hmm. because what would ha- what would have happened is that I would have I would have did everything based on statistics, right? Mm-hmm. What's in front of me? Mm-hmm. I have a house. I'm mm-hmm. stable. I have people that love me. Mm-hmm. I have a job. I have all these things, and I think it was just comfort. Mm-hmm. And I think that's our problem is that we we live for comfort. And we think that that's the gospel is comfort, but God never um, promised us comfort. Mm-hmm. That and that's the thing is that I'm I'm seeing every single day, especially in ministry, is that man, like comfort, what? <laughs> the comfort that I do get is that, that I actually get a bed. Like, thank God I got a bed. But and I just, I just think, I mean, <laughs> I would have been in a place where, yes, I, I would have stayed back in Baton Rouge, but I will tell you this, it wouldn't be no longer God's ministry. It would be Paula ministry. It would right. be um, flesh ministry. Honestly, mm-hmm. it would be to the point where maybe Paula would probably be on the TV. Oh, <laughs> news today paula walker youth director has has done something super mm-hmm. crazy it's because mm-hmm. i've haven't had my soul would have been empty like you cannot do god's ministry with an empty soul you have to be overflowing not just to the top not just to the brim overflowing right and so yeah i mean that's a battle just it you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of um, just literally like a sick person, like a sick person going to the hospital in my hospital was that sabbatical with him. My time with the Lord, there is, there's these things that call sacred pathways. There's different ways that we hear from the Lord and we feel connected with me. That's outdoors. Mm-hmm. And because I love people so much and that was my job and my, the thing that I eat and breathe, I had to get away from it. And so that was the only time that I would have no voices in my head. Mm-hmm. It was only between he and I, right. which is actually every night, <laughs> mm-hmm. no matter if you're married, single with kids, like at the end of the day, when you're in the bed is between you and God. And let me tell you, before sabbatical between me and God, it was hard. It was heavy. I don't think people knew that I was crying every single night just to just to just to get a little peace and comfort. Just to, to make sure, like, okay, I think this is where I'm supposed to be. But that is one thing I, I'm grateful that God, that he does make us uncomfortable. He does take us out of that and uproot us. And it's for the beauty. It's, it's so much good out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, I think I could sit here and talk to you all day because I do think you have a lot of words, um, wise words. And that's one thing that drew, drew me to you at FCA camp. Mm-hmm. So. Even though she tried to ditch and go to a room by herself. I was telling Lena about <laughs> when we first met and we ended up having to be roommates. And you're like, oh, yeah. I and I was I'll like, go somewhere else. Yeah. And, uh, and then turned out we had to, you know, bunk mates. Yeah. 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 God knew we needed each yes. other. Yes. Right next. I think, yeah. I think it made the weekend so good. Us, oh, like, yeah. us connecting with the others. Like that was so good. It mm-hmm. just made it. It's like having my sister's. That's the cool thing I love about the kingdom of God. Like when you meet someone, like, oh my goodness, like, girl, I feel like we've known each other like my whole life. Like, yeah, were you yeah. my high school buddy? Like, you remind me of this person, like that kinder spirit. Yeah. So, yeah. Nah, was that was a really great experience. Um, 
So at the end of our podcast, Paula, we, mm-hmm. we asked a few questions because we like, you know, we love learning about people's story and all those things. And yeah, uh, first and foremost, you need to come out and visit because yes, I, I just think you have Aww. a lot of wise words, not just as I think just like talking to athletes would be phenomenal. I mm-hmm. would just love to have you come out here. But anyways, so we ask a few questions just to get to know people a little bit better. And we also like to know things to learn for ourselves. So like, do you drink any caffeine? And if you do, what do you drink? I drink Celsius. Oh, oh yes. I love my Celsius. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's your favorite flavor? My new favorite flavor is the passion mango fruit, I think. I think okay. it's like passion mango. Okay. So good. Passion mango. I'm writing this down so I can test Just it out. taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is something, are you reading anything currently? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Are you reading anything currently? Am, you say I'm, am I'm greedy? No, <laughs> are you re- reading? Like, are you reading, reading a book? Reading oh, a yeah, devotional, yes, yes. reading anything? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. I am reading, I am, yeah. yeah. What are you reading? So this read, this new read that I'm doing is Name Above All Names um, by, I, I'm, I'm going to butcher these names because once again, I blame my uh, um, upbringing language. It's like Anastar Begg and Sinclair B. Ferguson. And it just, um, it just give you like, just not just like seven key attributes of Jesus life and ministry and above all names. And so I just, I don't know. I just love um, being challenged in my faith. And yeah, I love that one. Awesome. Okay. What about, are you watching anything? Girl, I was with my roommates, by the way, my roommates, because I have five roommates. Well, yeah, five roommates. And, you know, two of them are 19. And (laughs) so that's awesome. Right. And one is 20. Another one's 21. And by the way, if you don't know, I am 36. Um, And so... (laughs) You're like so their we've mom. Been on, yeah, we've been watching The Bachelorette. Like, okay. I've never been, I've never been into that because I've been so against them. Like, yeah, I was like, man, this is just like a rip off, like of love. Like, yeah, that's love, all right. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> I was like, look, you're competing. That is not love. Is kind. It's not com- competition. <laughs> so yeah, but I like I, I, it's great entertainment, and I think it's great more um, information I can use in, in a sermon teaching to teenagers. Oh, very. Oh, yeah. That's a go. way to turn it around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> um, what about, do you listen to any podcasts? Yes, I do. I love Jackie Hill, Perry and uh, her husband. Oh. Yes. Preston Perry. I love so, them so much. The, um, sorry. Andrea listens yes, to the same one. Yes. Yeah. I say we've heard that. But, yes. Yeah. They're so real. They just talk about real stuff and they're, I just respect them as teachers of the word and especially Jackie. She just, she's just so raw. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just, we just need more people um, of the world um, in this world, just like really living out what they, what they're talking. Cause you know, some people, they get the platform, God allowed them to have that platform. They misuse it, but mm-hmm. she's one, she and her husband are doing a great job using mm-hmm. that platform for the glory of God. And then also we finish up with um, one person, like, of course, every single day you're going to be thankful for for somebody. But today, in this moment, who are you thankful for and why? Mm. Huh. I would say I am grateful for um, my friend Brittany. 
have a friend named Brittany that's back in Baton Rouge. And one of the things that I love about her is because she's younger than I am, but she is just such a, she's just such a wise soul and just been just always there for me, even there and, and now here um, in Colorado. And it's just, I don't know, she just, one of those ones that you talk to and she just lifts up your soul. And man, don't you need that, especially in ministry, in life, you just need that friend to lift up your soul when, you know, when days are not always good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So who are you thankful for today? Um, I'm going to say Brooklyn Evans. Uh, volleyball season's right by the time this air- airs, we will be in the nitty gritty. But I think Brooklyn Evans, she was my first recruit that I ever had at McCook and she's awesome awesome human and just a true attribute of a, an athlete she just mm-hmm. works hard wasn't the most talented but she worked the hardest mm-hmm. to make her talent mm-hmm. shine um and so yeah I'm gonna say Brooklyn and I still have, I, I still, love I still talk like with her today <laughs> just love her she's mm-hmm. great I love all mm-hmm. my players but I'll be thankful for her today and you? I'm going to be thankful for my junior high assistant volleyball coach, Jennifer Jacobs. Because she's very knowledgeable about the game and she's patient with me, even if she wants to do things a little differently or doesn't agree with how I do things. She's just a good, she challenges me to be better. And that's what I, like I love that. about her. It's a good yeah. assistant right there. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. assistant. Amen. 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 Well, Paula, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Yes, thank you. This no, was so good. Thank yeah. you all. Don't forget about me. Yes. I, I, I'm not like I really am trying to figure out a time. Like I'm trying you, to look at my schedule when I can just come and I just know. do a trip up, up there to Nebraska. Yeah, and just come chat. We'll we'll put we'll get you a group of people and you can chat with yes. us. Have you been to Nebraska yeah. before? No, I have not. I don't remember even ever doing a track meet out there or anything but really? we, never. Will take, we will take really really good care of you yeah you'll love it oh yeah. well i will say i'm i may gravitate to the kids first and the adults so yeah. I'm, I'm very childlike <laughs> yeah. myself so you, can, it's you fine. can meet my little humans and yes. and lena's yeah. and yes. be game on yep. so yes. we can make cookies yes <laughs> yeah. awesome well thank you so much paula thank you thank you all yeah. i'll catch you later bye bye-bye well, that was fun. That was fun. Thanks yeah. for all know, of Maybe it. you did tell me some things, but man, I, I'm glad we recovered from the, you know, started out a little. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I need a. I think you maybe had, but you know what? That's okay because yeah. we say everything we do is unscripted and it's Very, real. Yep. And setting it up otherwise just isn't as genuine as mm-hmm. what it is when it just comes and happens. So I think Paula, mm-hmm. one thing oh, that I really enjoyed about her is that she just had like a different outlook on life. And every time that we even spoke, it was like, it was meaningful conversation right. that made you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just has a different look on life. Like she was raised differently than me. And mm-hmm. um, just, she had a lot of good things and we've talked about some of those things. Yeah. And she's I think, very joy filled. Like yeah. She just is the glass totally full. I mean, yeah. she's just looks at things with a kind and loving perspective and just mm-hmm. seeing the good in it all when she really has every opportunity to yep. not be that person. Yep. So, yeah. Thanks it's, for sharing her with me. Yeah, for sure. It. We got to yeah. share her with McCook one day when she comes in. Yeah. So, 
This is fun. It's always fun. It's always fun when we're together and hear a new story and they enlighten us to be better. So thanks, Paula, for that. Yeah. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Coaching Caffeine and Comedy. I'm your host, Haley Kobza. And I'm Lena.